0: So we want to think just for a few minutes about uh, this parallel. You'll notice I read from the book of uh, the Gospel of Mark and and Ed read a few minutes ago from the Gospel of Luke and if we can get that up on the screen I just want to look at the we'll do it in reverse order so we'll look from verse 15 first. One of the things that we see here is one of those moments in the life of Jesus which I want you just for a moment to kind of imagine what it must have been like. Where it happens, is we're not told. We're not told whether it was um, in the market square or out on the mountainside, outside of the city. It, we're, we're told of the event, but not the location. But just imagine what it might have been like. Perhaps Jesus is sat in the, the center of the town where all of, the, all of the conversation and all of the relationships go on. He's right there at the centre and surrounding him are masses of people. And, and that's how Jesus' life was lived out in those final three years of his life before he died. Everywhere that he went, he was surrounded by masses of people. Everybody clamouring, everybody wanting to hear... And to follow and to understand and to confront, some to love, some to hate. Jesus was an incredibly influential figure at this particular point in history. And we have this point where Jesus is undoubtedly surrounded by loads of people, maybe in the marketplace, maybe sat beside the, the well in the center of the village, whatever it might be. And here we have imagine parents, probably mums or older sisters or aunties, because that was the cultural norm for the day, uh, bringing little children. And uh, you know what? Kids are great, aren't they? Uh, They kind of, they find their way through tiny spaces. Uh, And, you know, maybe the kids were finding their way towards Jesus and the the parents and the carers were trying to kind of keep up with, him, with them. But what they were doing is they were making sure that the little ones got to Jesus. We see here that the parents were doing that for a particular reason. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. We unfortunately... And at the same time, quite rightly, in our culture, we are sensitive towards that kind of language, the idea of placing hands on little children that we don't really know. And, and it's really sad that we live in a culture where that happens. But at the same time, there is something incredibly powerful and special about human touch, isn't there? There's something which is... Uh, powerful about reaching out and engaging with somebody, uh, not just with words, not just with uh, facial expressions, but to reach out and to touch somebody, in our human experience, is an amazingly powerful thing, isn't it? You know what it's like when you meet somebody for the first time, and maybe if, if, they, if you shake their hand, uh, and they go that little bit further, and they reach out and they hold <coughs> on to your arm, and you can can feel that physical connection, there is something really special about that. This goes even beyond that. Because what was culturally normal for the day, and we see it on a number of occasions in the Bible, is that the reaching out and the touching, uh, normally on the head of somebody, uh, was an expression of blessing. So, uh, I guess, to some extent we still have little kind of hints of it in our own culture, don't we? Uh, we know what it's like if, if a little one goes into maybe aged grandparents uh, who perhaps aren't able to perhaps be as mobile as years gone by, but for them to reach out and to place their hand on them as an extension of love, affection and blessing is an amazing thing, isn't it? But we also read in the Bible that that extension of blessing was not just love, but it was even more powerful. It was the giving of something. So we read on occasions where the firstborn child would go into the father, and we were looking at it in our previous series. The firstborn child, in the case of Jacob and Esau, went into uh, Isaac, and there was the hand reaching out And blessing by way of touch with words that were given. So uh, Isaac was actually giving something. And here's these parents who are bringing babies and little children. Mark talks about them being children. Luke talks about them being babies. And what the parents have recognized is that Jesus has the potential to give something. A blessing, a reaching out, some sort of unique connection. The parents understood that blessing from Jesus was of huge value. There was something in Jesus that made him really worth taking their little children to. Now, I'm I'm guessing that many of them didn't really understand completely why. They knew that there was something. But we don't have to struggle with that because we've got the whole story. And what we understand now is that blessing was no less than the divine, than God himself reaching out and blessing ...those little lives. Isn't that an incredible thought? The divine creator of heaven and earth... ...reached out and touched and blessed little children. The gap is massive, isn't it? Somebody who can speak galaxies into being... ...was willing and loving to take the time... ...to extend that blessing to a little one that was carried in the arms of his carer to Jesus. That tells me something about Jesus, for a start. It tells me something about the kind of God that the Bible describes. It's a God of, who reaches out across the most amazing divides, unimaginable divides, and wants to bless. That's the first thing that we see, which is great news. But the other thing I think that we see, and we have the full picture, is that written into us, and we express it in all sorts of different ways, but part of what it is to be a human being is that we all desire the blessing of God. You might say, I don't even believe in God. Well, okay, that's fine. Just just park that for a moment. And and just come on a journey with me, an investigation. Imagine just for a moment if your presupposition that God doesn't exist was wrong and, and that God actually does exist. Imagine if that God was only good and only powerful and only loving. Imagine what it would be like if that God was willing to bless you. Now, there are many others who say, well, I'm not sure about whether I really understand what God is like. I'm not sure about the God of the Bible, but I know that I want to be blessed by some kind of divine experience. How do we know where true divine experience comes from? Well, Jesus gives us this picture here. He says that effectively what he's saying is true. True blessing from God Himself comes through Jesus. That's where it comes from, according to God. We're going to see how that works out in a few minutes. But that's how the Bible describes it. Blessing from God is not some kind of hoodoo. It's not some kind of weird stuff. It is through Jesus that blessing from God is extended to humanity, that's great news. So here we have Jesus blessing these little ones. When his disciples saw this, they rebuked it. They rebuked them. Uh, I love the way the Bible portrays people as they really are. Even even the good guys, it portrays them as they really are, rather than what the idealised would be. So here's Jesus's disciples. These are the ones who should be on message, uh, and these parents are bringing little ones to Jesus, and what they're doing is they're getting angry. And I don't know what rebuked looked like, maybe they were trying to create a bit of a cordon around Jesus and pushing them away and trying to stop these little ones from getting to Jesus. I think what that does, doesn't it, is it reveals the heart of the disciples did they understand the significance of Jesus at this moment in time? Of course they did. They'd been with him for the past months. They they might not have understood everything, but they certainly understood that that Jesus was an incredible intervention from God into this world. They understood that at least. They understood that he was good. They understood that he could create Uh, miraculous events there was a supernatural power surrounding Jesus but what they had decided was this that this amazing blessing this incredible blessing from God that is in Jesus well it's only worthy for certain people that's what that's what they decided and to be honest Little children, Jesus is above all that. He's, he's beyond all that. He's not, that's, that's trivia. That's insignificant. Why would they think that? I think they would think that because they are just like you and me in their thinking that we have a tendency to think about God in this way, about God's blessing in this way. We tend to think that when God is, is ready to bless, that the way in which He's willing and ready to bless is for those who are worthy of His blessing. Those who are ready for His blessing. Those who are acceptable. Those who have engaged. Those who are kind of part of it. And to be honest, little ones who can't really engage in it, that well, they're just not they're not of sufficient merit. They're not worthy. They don't really deserve it. Because we're the ones who can really engage with this Jesus. Now I want to imagine what it what would it have been like if there was this other person who was sta- stood on the edge of the crowd and comes up to the disciples and, and starts to speak about I'm really interested in this Jesus. Now I'm I'm really you know I've been hearing about him what's he all about I think the disciples would have said hey, hey here's somebody who's really interested That'll make way. Let's get this guy down to the front. And Jesus was making it really clear, really clear that I'm interested in these little ones. That's fascinating, isn't it? That Jesus would behave in that kind of way. And his response to the disciples was to deal with them in a way which was clear and concise and profound. He says, Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. You know, it's not just about whether or not children are priority. It is way bigger than that. Jesus turns around and he says, Stop. Because accessing the kingdom of heaven for all of us, and Jesus is effectively saying that to all of us today, the kingdom of heaven and accessing the kingdom of heaven is about being like a little child. It's about being like a little child. And and as soon as Jesus says that, we have to really think about what he means, don't we? What does Jesus mean that for us to be able to access the kingdom of heaven, we've got to be like a little child? I think one of the ways that we see worthiness and our attitude towards coming to Jesus is is, is in our expectation of how we receive things. You know, little children, they receive things. They, they get given things really easily, don't they? You, you give them something and they just love it. They take it off you that, you know, you might get a thank you, <laughs> but they just take it off you and they, they love what you have given to them. It's a really special thing that you've done for them. The kingdom of heaven is a gift like that. It's a gift to be given. When we get older, we have way more trouble receiving gifts freely, don't we? I'll paint it like this. You're driving home tonight, and um, in the back seat is the little ones, and uh, you pass the golden arches, right? McDonald's. Uh, And and what's the chances of you kind of nipping into McDonald's, buying a Happy Meal, and them just loving the Happy Meal? Well, if you buy a McDonald's, they'd just love it, wouldn't they? Are there any little ones that I'm setting you up for? (laughs) If I have, sorry guys. But they're just going to love it. I want you to imagine that you have some of your friends on the back seat, and you pass a nice restaurant, and um, you decide to take your friends into that restaurant and to buy them a nice meal. How do we respond as friends who have just been bought a nice meal? We definitely don't respond like children who have just been bought a McDonald's. Because children who have just been bought a McDonald's love the fact that they've just been bought a McDonald's, they eat it, they enjoy it, and they just go on their way. They accept it as a gift. But what we do is immediately we say, thank you so much. Now next time, next time it's on us. Next time it's our turn to buy a meal. Next time um, make sure that, you know, we'll go to such and such a restaurant, or we'll, we'll cook at, your, at our own house, and you come around. Whatever it is, as soon as we receive a gift, we have a tendency, an immediate tendency, which is this, I must reciprocate. I must pay back. I must give back again what I have already received. What does that become then? Is that McDonald's a gift? Absolutely, because it's received as a gift. I would be really surprised if one of those little ones, having eaten their McDonald's, their Happy Meal, turns to you and says, next time, Dad, it's on me, out of my pocket money. (laughs) That ain't going to happen. Because it's received like a child, with thanks. Simply. Humbly. But as soon as we get older, we no longer receive with humility. We want to pay back. Because we believe that somehow we must be in some way equal to the giver. We Somehow we have to pay back to the giver. Luke is not throwing out all sorts of stories as he constructs this life of Jesus. He puts this little section immediately after the previous section, which is starting at verse um, 9. This is a story of two men who go to the temple, a Pharisee and a sinner, tax collector. The Pharisee goes into the temple the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all that I get. You see, when I come to the temple, I'm acceptable, aren't I? You know, the reciprocation, the payback, has already taken place. It's as though I've already bought the meal in the life that I've lived so that when I come into the temple, I've got that in the bank so that when I come before you, you've got no choice but to say, I'm going to bless you. Because you see, I'm good enough, aren't I, to be acceptable to you. That is not like a little child. You know, the Pharisee could almost have said, I thank you that I'm not like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all of thy, that I get. And I thank you that I'm not like a child. I thank you that I am not innocent and accepting of everything that I need from you. Rather, I live expecting that you will give to me what I deserve. In the words of the advert, because I'm worth it. It's effectively what he's saying, isn't it? Because I'm worth it. You know, there's another person in the temple that day, and if the Pharisee who was of the religious elite, it, you couldn't get a greater contrast, because this tax collector was the scum of the earth according to the religious elite. A little bit like the disciples compared to the children. They were up there and the children were insignificant. Nothing. This tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me as sinner you see that is the difference between approaching god childishly or approaching god childlike there is a difference when jesus talks about approaching god like a child he's not saying be childish he's saying be childlike and childlike comes with nothing. Comes with nothing. What's the something that the, tax, that the tax collector recognizes that he's got nothing of? Moral or ethical worth is what's at stake. You see, the Pharisee turns up and he says, I've got all this moral, ethical worth, therefore you've got to accept me. And the tax collector says, I have got no moral or ethical worth whatsoever before you. I am a sinner. And therefore, anything that you give me can only, therefore, be a gift. It can only be what you give me because you're kind and because you're merciful And because you're the kind of God that I think you are. Because I come with nothing. I'm a sinner. Look at what Jesus says. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humbled themselves will be exalted. And then he goes straight on to tell the story about the children coming to Jesus figuratively speaking Jesus blesses the children by reaching out and touching them doesn't he extending his favor towards them what Jesus says what Jesus says here of the two men who come into the temple the one who receives that divine blessing As though God stretches His hand out and spiritually places His hand on the head of the two men praying, it's on the head of the one who says, I come with nothing. Now that, actually, is great news. Because as soon as we realize that we can come to God with nothing as soon as we realize that we are actually morally bankrupt, we can come to Him freely. (laughs) I don't know how many conversations I've had with people where the conversation goes something like this. You know, I am a Christian because I do. X, Y, Z. I, I live like this. I live like that. I've done this. I've done that. So many conversations... And and we will never, we will never receive the blessing of God when we come like that. The only time we receive the blessing of God is when we realize we come with nothing. Why? Why Why does God work like that? Because He is the kind, compassionate, merciful God who gives freely to those who understand that they have nothing. That's good news for us who understand that we have nothing. Maybe you're thinking about this Christian faith. You're wondering and you're thinking, well, what about that in the past? What about the way I am and the problems with my own personality? I've, I've got this. I've got this baggage. I've got these skeletons in the cupboard. You know, all of those kind of things. Do you know what? Jesus already knows. He knows it all already. He just wants you to be honest and to say, that's how I am. And as soon as we are, we have that liberating moment when we are truly blessed by God.